I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's one of the most enduring figures in human history, striking terror into those who speak of it, or if the number 666 appears. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we're looking at the devil. Many cultures throughout history have had some form of malevolent supernatural being, and in this episode we'll be looking at these figures as they appear in human history. One of the earliest examples of the devil is from ancient Mesopotamia, now Iraq, where the Sumerians had a goddess of chaos and evil named Lilitu. Lilitu is one of the earliest known examples of a figure resembling the devil in human history. The Sumerians believed that Lilitu was a demoness who roamed the earth at night, preying on the vulnerable to drain their blood and life force and causing chaos and destruction wherever she went. She was also seen to be especially dangerous to pregnant women and infants as her breasts were engorged with poison and not milk. A limestone wall plaque dating to the 7th or 8th century BCE discovered in 1933 in Syria contains a dreadful mention. Oh, you who fly in the darkened room, be off with you this instant, this instant, Lilith, thief, breaker of bones. The tablet may well have hung in the house of a pregnant woman, serving as an amulet against Lilitu. But Lilitu was more than just a villain. Lilitu, whose name is actually derived from the Sumerian word Lil, meaning wind spirit, is part of a triad of winged evil demons with human-like upper bodies, the legs of a wolf or a lion, and taloned feet. Lilitu was mentioned in the legend of Gilgamesh. The hero, Gilgamesh, overcomes a number of obstacles in his quest for immortal life. And in one escapade, he encounters the demoness Lilitu. She tries to thwart his plans to declare his love to Inanna, the goddess of eroticism and war. That's a nice pairing, isn't it? In the story, Gilgamesh not only kills a monster, but also forces Lilitu to flee to the desert. So could the Sumerian goddess of chaos be the same being that we see as the devil today? Similar to Lilitu, the Egyptians had the god Set, who was often depicted as a god of chaos and violence. 
In some stories, Set was even depicted as a bringer of plagues and natural disasters. He was also associated with the desert, which coincidentally was where Lilitu was exiled to and was sometimes seen as a symbol of the forces that sought to destroy the orderly civilization of Egypt. Despite the negative portrayal set, was also considered to be a powerful and important deity. He was the god of the desert where Egyptians feared to tread and where they believed chaos and lawlessness reigned. Set's portrayal as a deity of evil and chaos in ancient Egypt is quite similar to the depiction of the devil in monotheistic religions, particularly Christianity. Both are associated with violence and disorder and the destruction of the established order, and both are viewed as powerful but ultimately malevolent forces. Then you have the ancient Greeks with Hades, who was associated with the underworld and punished the wicked. In Greek mythology, Hades is the god of the underworld and is also known as the ruler of the dead and the god of wealth because the precious metals and gems that were buried underground were considered to be his domain. Hades is often also depicted as a dark and mysterious figure who is eared and respected by the living and dead alike. He is also a figure of justice, punishing those who have committed evil deeds in life. That's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? And the devil we know today, like Hades, is associated with evil, the underworld and the punishment of the wicked. They are also powerful figures who command fear and respect. These early examples of the devil helped to lay the foundation for the more well-known depictions that would later emerge in monotheistic religions such as Christianity and Islam. In Christianity, the devil is also known as Satan and is considered to be a fallen angel who rebelled against God. According to the Bible, Satan was once a powerful and beautiful angel, but he became prideful and wanted to be like God, so he was cast out of heaven. He's now the ruler of hell, often portrayed as the enemy of God and humanity. In the New Testament, Satan is often portrayed as a tempter who tries to lure people away from God and the path of righteousness. Jesus himself referred to Satan as the ruler of this world and the father of lies. The devil is also seen as the accuser of the brethren who seeks to bring humanity before God to be judged. In Christian theology, the devil is believed to be the source of all evil and sin in the world. He's often seen as the personification of moral evil and is held responsible for the moral corruption of humanity. Many Christians believe that the devil has the power to possess people and influence them to do evil things. And I really believe that this is possible. I've seen it. It's incredible. The belief in the devil and Satan is not universal among all Christians. There are also different views on the nature of the devil. Some believe him to be a, a symbolic figure representing the evil in the world and the human heart rather than a real being. The ultimate fate of the devil in Christianity is eternal punishment. He will be punished alongside all the wicked in the lake of fire and eternal suffering. The belief in the devil and Satan is an important aspect of many Christian beliefs and practices. And the struggle against evil and the devil's influence is an ongoing theme in Christian theology and spirituality. 
In Islam, the devil is known as Iblis or Shaitan. According to Islamic tradition, Iblis was once an angel and one of the closest to God, but he disobeyed God's command and was cast out of paradise. Iblis refused to bow down to Adam, the first human being created by God, because Iblis felt superior to him and considered humans as inferior. Iblis is seen as a being of great power and intelligence, but also one who is fundamentally flawed by his arrogance and disobedience. In Islam, Iblis is the source of all evil and sin and is held responsible for leading people away from the right path and leading them to commit sins. He's often depicted as a tempter who whispers evil suggestions into the hearts of humans, encouraging them to do wrong. Iblis is not considered to be the equal or rival of God, but rather as a subordinate being who is under the ultimate control of God. Iblis is not an independent force or being that creates evil, but his role is that of a tempter who tempts humans to disobey God and go against his commandments. Islam teaches that Satan is not only a tempter to commit sins, but also tries to discourage Muslims from their faith and their good deeds. Muslims are taught to seek refuge in God from Satan's influence and to be vigilant against Satan's temptations by frequently reciting the phrase, in the name of Allah, I seek refuge in Allah from Satan, the accursed. The ultimate fate of Iblis in Islam is that of eternal punishment in the Islamic concept of hell. He will be punished alongside all other wicked people who do not follow the right path. The belief in Iblis is an important aspect of Islamic theology and the struggle against evil and Iblis's influence is an ongoing theme in Islamic spirituality. As you can see, there are similarities with the devil in all of these religions with chaos, eternal punishment, disorder and evil. So could this be the same being following humans and evolving with humans? What do you think? So is the devil real? Does this creature, this being, truly exist? I believe that an energy of sorts really does live and has and does create absolute havoc and pain upon our civilizations. All our religions across the globe recognize a negative energy, an entity, an evil force, a dark energy. I have personally experienced this dark evil force many, many times. And let me tell you, I've been absolutely terrified, petrified. As you know, I've witnessed friends and crew members being attacked, being strangled, scratched or burned. These occurrences were not done lightly and were done with force and evil intent. I really believe that a person can be influenced by evil or the devil. I've sensed evil felt it in my bones when I've walked into a particular house or room. My stomach flips over and I feel sick. Sometimes I've, I want to vomit or have vomited. And it's this clawing force of negativity that sort of seeps into my veins. I also start to involuntary shake. My whole body can feel it and it absolutely scares me to death. These things sort of happens more recently in more recent investigations um, whether I'm opening myself up to more I don't know but it seems to be affecting my body more Gloucester Prison Shrewsbury Prison East Drive Eastern State Penitentiary in America and of course Pendle Hill these locations and many many more made me sick to my stomach and my sensory perception was right as each time in these locations and others I have seen and witnessed 
evil. The icy black fingers of the devil were truly in those locations. And once you felt it, you never forget it. I've asked myself this question. Is this the devil's influence or just plain dark forces at work? And where do these dark forces come from? As in life, as in death, I've often heard this phrase. So if you're a murderer and a horrible person in life, when you cross over, your spirit, your soul doesn't change. You're still that essence. You're still that dark force. But where does that little glimmer, that seed of evil come from? Does it come from a devil, the devil? the ruler of the underworld. I think the devil and its forces are definitely with us and can manifest into many different guises. Look at all the horrendous evil people throughout history that we've had in the world who have killed millions of people without any remorse or regret. And I believe that they are born evil. I really, really do. An evil murderer, serial killer, just the most horrendous people, like I say, throughout history that have done them, child murderers. They are evil. They are the work of the devil, a puppet of the devil. I suppose I really felt his presence in Transylvania. The castle we investigated was Corvin Castle, allegedly the place where the infamous Vlad Tepes, or later known thanks to Bram Stoker, Dracula, was imprisoned and driven mad in a dungeon. And that, apparently, his madness led to his cruelty. It's here that the mouth to hell was allegedly dug by two prisoners. Now, there are many different stories about this hole, but our historians at the time of our live investigation found out after talking to the locals that they believed that this hole was indeed an opening to the underworld. The Ouija board we stupidly did over the top of, as the locals call it, the mouth to hell. I mean, can you believe he actually did that? It was probably my idea as well. The locals were so frightened of this place that they actually built a chapel over the top of the hole. And during the 1940s, the German soldiers, Nazi officers, would lower prisoners down the hole. This was obviously before they placed the chapel over the top. Down this mouth to hell. And when they pulled, they were on a seat and they were lowered slowly down. And when they pulled the seat back up, the prisoner was dead. Their facial expression was frozen and one of absolute sheer terror. So what happened in that hole? Was it really the mouth to hell? Well, the locals believed so. Me? Well... I was intrigued, couldn't wait to investigate this location. Silly, silly girl. We did do the Ouija board on top of the now covered hole. But by God, when we arrived home the next day, I think I've mentioned this to you before, the whole crew suffered terrible, terrible incidents from deaths in a couple of the crew, crew's families. And a couple of these people, the people that died, were young with no prior illnesses, unexplainably just dropping to the floor. Their deaths were totally unexpected and such a shock to us all. We were really upset and frightened. And two members of the team had car crashes and I was nearly killed on my horse. I was riding 
along on a very quiet country road. And this horse that I had was very, very solid. He was very quiet. Um, lots of people in the horsey world called them bomb-proof. He never shied at anything. I felt very, very safe on this horse. And he was the only horse I felt confident enough to ride without another riding companion. So there I was plodding along on my own, plodding, as I say, down a country road when, I'm not kidding, it was as if something was stood in front of that horse and was waving its arms or was trying to scare it. Well, the bloody thing reared up in the air so high. And then normally when a horse rears up, it will come back down forward on, on all four legs. Well, this, this horse reared up but then went backwards and fell backwards. And I knew if I didn't get off that saddle, I would be crushed to death. I managed to, to jump off um, and I was in so much shock. The horse was fine. It got, it got up. But my God, what a, what a shock. I'd never had anything happen to me like that before. Now, the Most Haunted team, we all spoke to each other. We talked on the phone. Uh, some of us went round to each other's houses. And we recalled our appalling, frightening and upset, upsetting news. Had we been cursed? Was the devil at play here? These incidents had all occurred within 24 hours of us getting home. All of us. Now, come on, that <laughs> that's really weird and scary. The alarm bells were clanging, banging incredibly loudly. I was convinced that the devil and some kind of negative force had followed us all home. And so <laughs> off to the church we went. And after telling our tales to the vicar, he instantly took us to the church. It was late at night, opened the church up and blessed us all with holy water. I remember standing over that font and he dipped his fingers into the holy water and made the cross on my forehead and blessed me and said many prayers. And I was just, I was shaking and I was sobbing. I was so upset. But this, I don't know what it was. It was like this, I felt this light, this something. And I'm not a religious person. I really am not. I've never, I've never read the Bible. I'm, I've never been a, a churchgoer, but I am a spiritual person. And I believe in a higher being. I really do. I believe, you, you know I do. And I really did feel this overwhelming power, this blessing, this light, it was almost like it was pushing this negativity out and I felt it. And I honestly, I was so upset and so relieved, you know, that, that this wonderful uh, vicar had, had been able to take the time to do this. And he made me promise. He made Carl promise. So he took my hands and he looked into my eyes. He said, you promise me that you will never mess with the paranormal again. Well, I bit my lip and I crossed my fingers behind my back. Look where I am now. We were all terrified, of course we were, but we were all fascinated. I mean, there was no way I was going to stop doing what we did and neither was my husband, Carl. We love what we do. It's not a TV show for us. It's, it's our life. We absolutely love it. And we wanted to delve deeper, wanted to get evidence, more evidence of life after death, no matter how scared we were. And I know you're probably listening to me now going, there's no way I'd do that. I would have stopped if the vicar had said stop. I would have stopped. I hear you. I really do. But I couldn't help myself. 
The weird thing was whilst going live, let's go back to Transylvania, okay, in this this particular night of the live show. You might remember that live show. I don't know. But the weird thing was whilst going live on the TV show uh, of Most Haunted from Transylvania, we had to have uh, paramedics on site. That was, uh, you know, our insurance, our law. We had to have them there. During transmission, the paramedics disappeared. And then, this is the weird thing, one of the riggers was pushed down a big hole, not the mouth to hell. This was outside, outside in the ground. Uh, He was pulling the cables, pulling the cables. And he felt, and he said later on, he felt like something had pushed him in the back and he fell down this big hole. He shattered his ankle. Uh, He could have been killed as the drop into the hole was a long, dark fall. The production manager, Denise, called for the paramedics, but she couldn't find them. Eventually, when she managed to get hold of them on the phone, she said, what the heck are you doing? Oh, we were told. We were told to leave, they said. We were told to leave by a man in in, in costume, old costume. He, he, He told us to go. And Denise said, we don't have anyone dressed up in costume. We were all shocked at what we had encountered. And we all knew then that we were dealing with something evil, something really dark. And I knew it was him. And that's when I did. That's when I called the church. All these occurrences, all these things happening. The first thing happening with the rigger being pushed down that hole and the the paramedics being told to leave. I mean, how freaky was that? That was a shock at first. And we just thought, oh, that's really weird. But when we got home and all those things started to happen, that's when I called the church. And funny, when I told the vicar what had happened to us, I really thought he wouldn't believe us. I really, really did. I thought I felt embarrassed. You know, I felt like I'd sort of wet myself, you know, in front of him. And I was looking at him. I was thinking, he's going to he's gonna do that look to me that I get a lot from other people that think that I'm crazy or not for talking about the things I've experienced. But he didn't. He believed us. He really did. And he said that he'd experienced... He'd experienced evil. He'd experienced the devil. He'd seen possession. He'd experienced it all. And so it was lovely because he could... He looked at me and the other members of the team and Carl and he went, no, no, no. What you've experienced is real and let me help you. Uh, He looked very worried for us. Well, stay tuned as we go back into the chaotic world of the devil. But let's first listen to this week's story sent in from Frank, who shares his paranormal experience that has spanned for over 20 years. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. Hello, my name's Frank and I'm getting in touch to recount uh, at least one of my stories because I, I have had many paranormal experiences over the years which include things like a, a, a poltergeist story and um, seeing the future, um, some strange, I, I don't know how to put it, strange experience when you know something's wrong instinctively. There are those, but I'm going to centre on one. And the reason why I'll centre on one for the moment is that it's it's not an isolated experience. It's one that's lasted over 20 years. In fact, what, what I'll do is I'll just tell you the very first one, which then ended up being linked to so many experiences that lasted over a period of about 20 years. This happened in 1992 and was witnessed by my wife and I. We were, one day after finishing eating, we, at that time, it was before we uh, started a family. At that time, we used to eat not at a kitchen table, but a breakfast bar, which formed part of um, the kitchen unit. So this was screwed down to the other ground and you simply couldn't shift it. And we had a we had a, a a tiny TV to our left that we we were watching we would watch while we uh, eat. And on this particular day, we were watching TV. She was closer to the uh, TV, and out the corner of my eye, I could see that something was moving. And what I saw was a ketchup bottle, one of those squeezy ones that has got a rectangular footprint. And this ketchup bottle was rocking backwards and forwards, like an upside down pendulum kind of thing. And it wasn't rocking on the easy part, as in the narrower part of its foot, but the wider part, and it just kept rocking. Now, I was sat there with my chin resting on my on the palms of my hands, watching this, and I looked over my wife, and she's watching this as well, and we're just baffled. And we watched until it stopped rocking. Now, it probably 
rocked while we were watching it. I would say for about a minute, a minute and a half. And when it stopped, my wife said, did you do that? And I was like, you see where my hands are and they haven't moved. So we eventually came to a standstill and I tried to recreate it. I tried to see if I could make it do what it did. And there is no way. If you flick it, the ketchup bottle just does a slight, you know, as in longwise to its foot, it does a slight little shake and that's it. It's over within less than a second. You simply cannot get it to rock like that. And I even shook the uh, breakfast bar and that had absolutely no effect whatsoever. So that that was a, a, a really strange thing in itself. I remember we had to go out and I was concerned that when we got back, we'd find things moved uh, and we hadn't, nothing like that ha happened. However, about a year later, after we moved, we had uh, we had something happen then. And then the reason why I'm not, not telling you, because it's a really, really long story, one that needs more time to be told, but it set up a whole load of just paranormal coincidences that, like I say, has carried on over a period of about 20 years. So there we go. That's, that's my story at the moment. Perhaps you want to hear more. Um, but that's it for the moment. But uh, do get in touch if, uh, if you do want to hear more. Frank, thank you so much for your voice note. Now, of course, I want to hear more. My first thought, like you, regarding the, ke uh, the ketchup bottle was, had there been an earth tremor, a heavy vehicle driving past the house? That's if you live near a road, of course. But if there had been an earth tremor or vehicle passing by, then other objects, and of course, the breakfast bar, would all have vibrated and moved, wouldn't they? I wonder if it was just some spirit saying, hello, I'm here. I'd like to think so. Come on then, Frank. Let's hear some more. Don't forget, you can send your voice notes in even easier because we have a WhatsApp account. And here's the number 075-999-27537. I love to hear your voice. Now, the prospect of Satan has become so popular in recent times that many have become part of the Satanism religion. Satanism is a religion and philosophical movement that emerged in the 20th century. It's based on the belief in the power of the self and the rejection of traditional Western religious values, especially those associated with Christianity. The movement is often associated with the idea of the Satan from the Bible, but it's important to note that Satanism as a religious movement does not actually worship or believe in a literal devil or Satan. The central belief of Satanism is the worship of the self. Hmm. Satanists believe that individuals should be their own gods and should be free to make their own choices and live their lives as they see fit. Satanism also stresses the importance of rationality, individualism and self-expression. They often reject traditional religious morality and social norms and instead believe that individuals should be free to define their own values and beliefs. There are different branches of Satanism, but the most well-known is the Church of Satan, which was founded in the 1960s by Anton LaVey. The Church of Satan promotes a philosophy of the Satan as a symbol of self-fulfillment, strength and individualism. They do not believe in a literal devil. 
but rather see Satan as a symbol for rebellion against oppressive and controlling forces in society. On the other side of the coin, many try to ward off the devil that find wisdom in its story. And there are many different ways in different cultures and religions that are used to ward off the devil or protect themselves from his influences. Some of the most common methods include prayer. Many religions teach that the devil can be warded off through prayer and devotion to gods or the gods. Um, This can include reciting specific prayers or verses from religious texts, as well as performing rituals and ceremonies. In Christianity, for example, many people recite the Lord's Prayer as a way to seek protection from the devil. And I've used the Lord's Prayer many, many, many times. Um, It makes me feel more comfortable as well. As I say, I'm not religious, but... It's a good prayer to use um, uh, for protection. Amulets and talismans. uh, Many cultures have a belief in the power of a certain object, such as amulets and talismans. I have the eye hanging in my uh, kitchen um, because I I sort of, I don't want the evil eye put on on my family. Exorcism is believed to be an effective way to expel the devil from a person or a place. An exorcism is a ritual that is performed by a religious figure, such as a priest or an imam, with the intention of driving out the devil or evil spirits. Um, I've seen and heard exorcisms on people, real people, real cases, and it's, it's, it's a really horrific thing uh, to watch. And I think the people that do this, normally done by priests of different religions, I think they're very, very brave what they do. Protection symbols are similar to amulets or talismans. Uh, different cultures and beliefs have symbols that are thought to provide protection from the devil and evil. For example, in Christianity, the cross is often used as a symbol of protection. In Islam, uh, there is the hijab and the tazwiz, which is a small piece of paper with prayers written on it that some Muslims wear on a necklace or hang on a wall as a form of protection. Uh, Positive thinking. Many spiritual practices and belief systems emphasize the importance of positive thinking and having a positive attitude. And by focusing on the good and the positive, it's believed that you can build a protective shield against the devil's influences. And seeking help. Many people turn to their religious leaders or counselors or therapists for help to overcome the negative influence or fear that the devil may have entered their life. These professionals can provide guidance, support and practical strategies to help people overcome the devil's influence. So what do you think? Do you think that these practices uh, work? I remember doing a private investigation in a pub and the landlady was convinced that the devil was inside the location. So much so that she lived in absolute abject fear. I remember as I entered the building, I definitely felt a presence and it was certainly strong and it was incredibly negative. Now, this poor woman had taken salt and had poured it all around the entrances and exits of all the rooms upstairs, which is where she said the worst activity occurred. And it was really upsetting to see that someone was living in fear like this. Um, I remember saying to her, why didn't you leave? And she said that she couldn't for personal reasons. And I, I didn't push her. This woman was convinced that the devil was inside her home and she wanted some kind of help to get rid of this negative force. Apparently, the local vicar had been to the location and had done an exorcism or clearing or blessing of the building. But that apparently hadn't worked. We dug into the pub's history but couldn't find anything that might cause such a haunting. Had the entity attached itself to the landlady? Hmm, I thought so. That night, we were bombarded 
with sharp carving knives. Carl was scratched and the kitchen table was thrown across the room. As you can imagine, and you know me, I did scream a lot and I lost weight that evening, let me tell you. After a long night, we did this good news. We managed to send a very angry dark entity away. Whatever it was... um, We didn't know because it didn't give us a name or reason for its presence. We did convince it to move away from the building. And according to the landlady, after our visit, uh, we phoned her a few times and everything seemed to have gone away and to have calmed down. Where did she get the idea to use salt from? Well, it got me thinking. And apparently some religions also use salt um, to repel evil spirits. Um, For instance, in Catholicism, it's believed that evil spirits can't tolerate salt. Uh, So it's used to ward off um, these spirits. Buddhism as well, they use throwing salt over the shoulder uh, after a funeral uh, to ward off uh, the spirits from coming around you and entering your house. Also, it's been known that if you spill salt, um, and the most popular uh, thing to do is if you spill salt, is to throw a pinch of salt over your left shoulder. I always used to get confusing. Is my right shoulder or my left? It's your left shoulder. And apparently, if you do this, this sort of like mutes the bad luck, really. So remember that. If you spill the salt, throw it over your left shoulder. And another thing, if you feel that you've got bad vibes around you or there's something going on in your house, is to use salt. Um, Apparently, it works to absorb this evil energy in in the house. Uh, It's gone viral on TikTok. They're using salt and cinnamon uh, for something called an abundance ritual, which involves <laughs> uh, using cinnamon and uh, sort of blowing it in the in, in your entrance to, to your home. And apparently this can attract uh, good luck while salt protects those blessings uh, coming your way. So what I need to know, because this is something I'm, I'm not that clear on and I don't know too much about, but I do know somebody that does know more about this. And of course, is that my lovely white witch daughter, Mary. So when it comes to protecting um, your house from negative uh, energies, I, I always think go back to the basics when it comes to witchcraft as well. Um, spells that can be performed to protect your house and yourself from negativity are incredibly important to people who believe in, in a lot of negative energies attaching themselves to you. And some people, you know, a lot of people um, can experience curses and Mm. darkness entering their homes um, or perhaps a festering kind of negativity that has been there before they moved in that has come with the house but the the main parts of a protection spell I always go back to the basics of using certain candles and certain herbs um, and using that with intention in order to bring a protection spell to light so let's say with rosemary rosemary is a fantastic borderline uh, herb Um, that you can use uh, for protection spells, same as candles. Uh, We do something where it's a a candle circle um, and you would put candles all around yourself, you light them, you you, uh, imagine a whole veil coming over yourself and and using that to protect you from negative energy, Mm. cleansing yourself with that candle light, with the energy from the candle is brilliant for, for yourself. Um, however, with a house, it's a little bit different because you can't really put candles all around your entire home, you know, be a, take a bit of time. Um, but rosemary, as in, 
I've always said, if you're not too sure what you're doing, there is no set rules of how to protect yourself. Too many people put too many rules. And if you are someone who doesn't really um, do a lot of witchcraft, it can be easier just to go, right, I know that, for example, rosemary, it can be a baseline protection, um, almost aid. So therefore I'm gonna put in little jars, just a little bit of rosemary in every room in the house. And I'm also gonna infuse that with intention. I'm gonna cleanse all of that good stuff. I'm gonna get it almost um, activated and I'm gonna put it in that room and that will clear out negative energies. When you say intention, does that mean you've got to say the same thing over and over and over again and really believe it? It can be. It, it links a lot with the law of attraction. Um, you don't have to, a lot of people, you know, you don't have to pray or you don't have to constantly go about you know, saying this will work, this will work. As long as in the process you are using that rosemary, in the process you are um, putting that in its place, in the process of bottling it up, from start to finish of when you're handling and doing a spell, it's all about that energy, that intention, mm. which is fully with your heart, 100% believing that this is going to work. Um, and, you know, it's been proven with science that herbs have certain different... Uh, healing properties. Healing properties, um, uh, even emotional mm. healing properties. Um, you know, it's in way back when in the 1700s, quite a lot of teas were given to people who at that time, they didn't know it was depression, but they were giving it to people with low moods. Interesting. Because emotionally, it lifted them up. Mm. And because the doctors were giving it to them, people 100% believed that it would work. And that was basically the, the, your, your, your kind of... Um, the first instance of when intention and law of attraction can be used with herbs and stuff. And it's the same with any spell. Um, obviously, you know, um, there are lots of people who will go, well, you can use anything for a spell, then you can use a flower, a piece of grass outside and just believe that it can. But it's like, um, it's like a battery and that, and that, the thing that you're using is the thing that's using to power it. And you're just plugging it into the wall. The plug is the intention. The battery is the actual object that you're using. All right. So say, for instance, um, somebody um, wants or believes that their house has got the devil in it. It's mm -hmm. evil. Mm -hmm. So should they get some little jam jars mm -hmm. and just put some rosemary in there that you can yeah. get from the supermarket? Oh, little gotcha. sprigs. Little sprigs. Yeah. One thing I would say is, you know, the one... The biggest thing when it comes to um, protection is cleansing. It's a positive thing. If you're scared whilst you're doing it, that's, it's not, if ah. you're infusing those negative energies in with that jar. Um, but if you think these positive, happy thoughts with your intention and you do exactly that, you get those little sprigs and you cleanse the jar, you put the sprigs in, you seal it all up and you put it in, in, in a room of the house. So is there any particular part of the room you should put it in? Well, personally, I always think within the most, so, um, the most central part of that room, if that makes it. So mm. as in, if, uh, for example, I know that the uh, the, the uh, people listening can't see, mm. but right in the middle of our house is uh, middle of our kitchen um, is a is a little table, mm -hmm. and if you put it right on there, it is the centre of that room. Right. So as close as you can to that, um, but you know. And, and, and you could, that's one example. Mm -hmm. There are things like, I love amethyst. I'm a huge amethyst. I have so much amethyst mm. everywhere because it is one of those, it's one of the big things that really does help with protection and, um, you know, uh, uh, positive energy yes, and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. And so, even if, you know, you, you, oh God, I can't be bothered to go down to Waitrose and go and get some rosemary or algae mm. or whatever to go and get my jars. If you can, you know, afford to get good few crystals, mm. stuff like that, research where you're getting them from, because there are so many 
people out there that don't sell proper ones you mm. you know and use the same thing of when you're placing it there when you're cleansing it that positive energy is is going to work wonders you know if you genuinely believe that there is a horrible negative thing in your house the first thing that i would say is what we've just said then with the rosemary or the crystals or even candles uh -huh. that you can use for intention that's a good little baseline kind of protection that uh -huh. you've got you can then work on from there like a like a pyramid so you've got that baseline protection and then you can go a little bit more forward which is identifying what room in the house you feel the most negative in that's when you can introduce maybe a different kind of herb a different kind of crystal um so you know using um citrine um and certain certain little crystals that that can boost it as well it's like it's almost like a wi-fi booster oh. that you're using in in one room that you don't have any wi-fi in sticking that wi-fi booster in, suddenly it's everywhere um it's it, it's really interesting i mean i remember you got um from a follower on your youtube mm. what's well, the most haunted youtube channel but mary does witchcraft wednesdays yeah. and you'll be doing some more this year i yes. think won't you so if you are interested in more of what mary's got to say about witchcraft and crystals and spells then go onto the most haunted youtube channel and she's there with witchcraft wednesdays and there's loads there that mm. you did but that's there's something hanging from our um, the end of our uh, curtain pole. What's that? Uh, that is commonly known as a witch's stone. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I know it sounds very, uh, just, just very ordinary. Um, but that is something that was believed that witches way back when um, used to use to basically forebode and protect the house in a nice little bubble. It was mainly used against dark witches and dark magic. However, once again, dark magic, negativity, mm -hmm. it's been transformed into basically this... Um, this uh, stone crystal in, in some kind of senses um, to stop once again negative negativity forces. but this is the thing is is not a lot of people I mean people who are into crystals and are into you know witchcraft they'll know about that but for the average person who might not and, and mm. you know hasn't really been exposed to it you're not going to know about these individual crystals who are which are meant for that mm. but if you if you do you know look online for a witch's stone and, and things yeah. like well, it's that. called a hagstone is yeah, it? yeah hagstone, hagstone witch's stone yeah i think witch's stone is actually more american so yes hagstone hagstone is good um, now just tell us because um earlier on um in the show i talked about this um lady who was so frightened about where she lived she was putting salt mm. all around the entrances and exits mm. i mean she was so terrified but when we went in there to do an investigation and to help her, obviously the salt hadn't worked because there was something there. Mm. Would salt really help? Well, if you imagine that salt stops things from getting in, it's also going to stop things from getting out. You're closing a door. You're, you're literally mm. slamming something shut and locking it. So as an... If you're going to use salt, you need to cleanse your house or, or your, your person or whatever you want to use salt for before you before. ever... Because what you're doing is the salt, it does help to, you know, once again, the intentions and everything mm -hmm. like that. And also if you can get certain types of salt, so for even um, coarse sea salt, so not just, you know, getting one out of a, of a grinder or something. Yeah, Himalayan. Yeah, Himalayan salt. But even those can help wonders, but you need to make sure that your house is completely empty of that negativity first before you put that down. Right. Because, and a lot of people, they, they they see a lot of films and stuff where that's being used and mm. they draw a, a salt circle around yes. themselves and stuff. And in, 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 uh, in my opinion, which isn't is in professional opinion, but that can work because as long as you don't have anything negative 
in that little circle, then you should be fine. But if you already have something negative within that circle, then it's it's going right. to stay there. Which, you've locked it in. Yeah, which makes sense with what happened to the lady. Well, Mary, thank you so very much. No problem. Absolutely wonderful. Until next time, my Until sweet. next time. So, what do you think? Does the devil truly exist? Or the negative entities that we experience, are they just confused, angry souls that are too frightened to move on? Have you had a frightening experience with the devil or something really dark? If so, oh, please get in touch because I'd love to hear your story. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thanks to all our lovely listeners for sharing their paranormal stories with us. You can get in touch and share your own stories at this address. It's contact at paranormalpod.co.uk. We are on WhatsApp. Please don't be shy. Leave us a voice note. We love to hear your dulcet tones. And here's the number 075-999-27537. And we are on social media. We are on Instagram and the handle is at Paranormal Activity Pod. It's handy to get that because sometimes we'll talk about mysterious photos or videos that people have sent in and uh, then you can leave your comments for us to have a look at. Uh, Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week. Oh, can't wait. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early, you lucky thing. Uh, Stay safe, guys. Have a great week. Remember, if you see anything, hear anything that's paranormal, then report back to base. And remember, most importantly, things aren't always as they seem. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.